The peace of our Lord be with you. With the waving of their palms at the opening of this hour, our children have helped us begin again another annual Holy Week journey to the cross. I cannot speak for you, but as for me, it is never easy to know what to say concerning the cross and the longer I live, the more difficult it becomes to know what one perhaps should and should not say concerning the cross. It calls to mind Barbara Brown Taylor's admonition that preachers should say only what they know to be true, say it from the heart, and sit down. <laughs> Which should make for relatively brief sermons all around the world today. Because the cross as a place for Jesus to die is wrapped in layers of inscrutable mystery. Orthodox Christian doctrine says that Jesus had to die on the cross so that God's requirement for a perfect sacrifice could be satisfied. The idea being that God could not forgive sin unless a perfect sacrifice was first given to God. A sacrifice Jesus became when he died on the cross, thus paying the price for our sin and freeing God to forgive people if they respond in the right way to the perfect sacrifice. All of which sounds more like something people would say about God than something God would say about people. Add to that the fact that the New Testament writers who assigned that sacrificial meaning to Jesus' death on the cross were people whose lives had been shaped by the sacrificial system of Judaism. And it really is hard to know what we should say concerning what was happening when Jesus was dying on the cross. Early this morning, 
was writing my daily letter to God in my prayer journal. And concerning all of that, I said to God, God, I know what to say about the cross that is true to Christianity. But what I want to know is what can we say about the cross that is true to you? Was Jesus dying on the cross to satisfy a need in God for a sacrifice to be made and a price to be paid? Or was Jesus dying on the cross because he was taking on our brokenness and joining us in our pain and in our dying? Or was Jesus dying on the cross because he sat down with and stood up for the wrong people often enough that he made the right people nervous enough that they crucified him in an effort to silence him? Who can say? When it comes to the cross, as a place for Jesus to die. There is just so much unknowable mystery. But not when it comes to the cross as a way for us to live. As a place for Jesus to die in Jerusalem the cross may be wrapped in layer upon layer of inscrutable mystery. But as a way for us to live in Jackson, the cross is surprisingly simple and clear. Pick the cross up and move it from a place for Jesus to die in Jerusalem to a way for us to live in Jackson. And all of a sudden the cross, which is so wrapped in so much mystery, is surprisingly simple and clear. To live a cross-formed life is to live a life which, like the cross, is simultaneously vertical and horizontal. Vertically stretched up to God in worship and meditation, prayer and song, and horizontally stretched out to others in kindness and compassion, forgiveness and grace, confrontation and courage, gentleness and hospitality. That is the cross-formed life. A life which is simultaneously vertical and stretched up 
with love for God and horizontal and stretched out with love for others. A life lived up to God and out to others, which is not another religious something to add to our already overburdened, overscheduled lives, but which is a life which flows from us and through us as naturally as breathing. We don't have to try to live a cross-formed life of love for God and love for others. My sisters and brothers, my life is flawed and complex and complicated as yours. But I am telling you from the depth of my own experience that you do not have to try to live a cross-formed life of love for God and love for others, all you have to do is want to. You just have to want to enough to pray every day, all through the day, God help me this day to live a cross-formed life. Stretched up to you, and stretched out to others. This morning, just a couple of hours ago, I was kneeling at the altar rail in our chapel and receiving communion from Deacon of the Week, Percy Quinn. And after I ate the bread and drank the cup, I just stayed there on my knees for a while. And all I prayed over and over again was God, Help me to live a cross-formed life. I'm telling you, my sisters and brothers, sometimes I think you think I'm kidding. This is how your life gets transformed. You just get up every morning. And all through the day, you say and pray, God, help me to live a cross-formed life all stretched up in love for you and all stretched out in love for others. Amen. As we come to the close of this hour of worship, we